stand up for yourself And I'll back you up Cause problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what Instead of would or could I think you should Draw a line in the sand and stand your ground It's for your own good Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Voice of Families in Addiction. My name is Roy Poyan, and I'll be your host today. I'm the founder of Families Impacted by Opioids, and I'm a chemical dependency counselor assistant and a certified mental health coach. And today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the continuation of value, beliefs, needs, wants, and goals. It's a kind of a self-contained series of about three episodes that will uh, bring our self-awareness back in line with how we can be supportive to the person who's um, currently misusing substances and seeking a, a life of lifelong successful recovery. Uh, of course, uh, because we're in this person's life, uh, we have a role to play. And um, the reason that we took a look at values, our values, is to decide how you know, well we can perform in being a good support element for this person. And um, you know, we, we, we'll present it in future episodes, but there are clinical papers that have been written and empirically proven, meaning they've been studied to a very uh, strong degree in multiple ways. And in doing that, uh, they've actually been able to statistically and qualitatively identify the value of the family emotionally, especially in the areas of uh, potentiality for relapse, uh, successful lifelong recovery. I'm just here to tell you the, the, the way that this whole science is bending is very exciting for us because they seem to be doing more in the area of where is the family in all of this. I think we need to understand the process of writing studies. A study is created, let's say, today. It's going to take at least a year to two years to, number one, do the study and then collect and then and analyze and then comparatively um, you know, adjust so that its accuracy is, is assured and then to get it published. And so for that timeline, you could be talking anywhere from five, maybe six years from when they originally sat down and got the funding and started the program for the study. So it's not that nobody's paying attention to the families right now. It's just a lot of the literature that is forthcoming, I believe, has to, has to do with the timeline of what it takes to produce and then publish and then distribute a, a study. Because at that point, then it becomes issues that we can comparatively suggest maybe from this study and its results and other studies like it, um, we can, as an industry, start to develop structure meaning a way to get this into um, action and billable uh, activity so that we can perform a certain way so that it does make a difference in our communities and our families and our society. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a backdrop on that. So let's today take a look in the continuation of values, beliefs, needs, wants, goals. Um, we're at the beliefs stage. And uh, you know when we start to talk about beliefs, we're also kind of looking at the word perception, a perception of ourselves, a perception of the environment that we're in, 
a perception of what we're dealing with. So I'm going to ask that we kind of identify, and I want you to know that all of this is coming out of the um, Merging Two Worlds Student Handbook Reentry Curriculum. And uh, it was developed down, I believe it's at University of Arizona. And it's an excellent book. You will find it as a PDF download. And I'm expecting that as you participate in this, not while you're driving, but uh, that you will take this book, uh, either print it out or have it available, print it page by page as you need it, and, and have it in front of you. So I will say like what page I'm on as an orientation for you to follow along in this, in this kind of student handbook manual concept. But if you're listening on the radio that, that, uh, while you're driving, that's fine too. Um, you just may want to enhance your learning by when you get back to an area that you can, uh, go ahead and get that document in front of you, this, this uh, student handbook, and open it up to, in this case, page 14, perception and beliefs. So what, what are some of the factors? You know, when we're saying about a perception, we're looking at a point of view. And uh, it's your point of view. It's your opinion about what you think you're seeing or how you're participating in something. It's your understanding. And you bring a lot to that type of equation. When I say your understanding, <laughs> that means we're like involving your whole childhood, your whole perception of life, uh, the people and relationships you've had, the goals and wants that you have. So what we're, what we're dealing with when we're talking about perception is very, very personal. But then again, so are your beliefs. And you might say, well, Roy, why are we taking a look at values and beliefs? I mean, let's face it, we're in the middle of this tumultuous situation. Uh, I mean, we're handling outrageously complicated uh, issues in our life that normally we wouldn't have to, and we've got very little skill in doing it. Why would you pause us? to take a look at that. Well, because it's kind of like from water all, all life stems. The, the fact is, from your values, from your perception of life and yourself, and how you perceive things, from your beliefs, everything else follows. Sure, we could sit there and say, oh, you know, okay, uh, if they need a rehab, go out and go out and get them a rehab, you know, and, and, and do this and do that. You're, you're, you're chasing your tail if you don't really have a, an idea, a real grasp on what this means to you, you'll be stronger at doing those things than you will be by not doing what we're doing. So I guess that's a kind of a convoluted way of phrasing it. But the fact is, you're going to be able to do a better job because you're going to know yourself. And by knowing yourself, it'll, it'll show in everything that you do. So it's not that we're at this point concerned with you helping them to understand that staying on their plan of treatment regarding medical-assisted treatment is what's needed, okay? It's more that we understand that you will do that because we've got a seminar for you to, to know how and why to do that. But it's more important to us right now that universally you're a stronger person. If universally you're a stronger person, then you're going to be the best possible support you could ever hope to be for whomever you're dealing with. You're going to be stronger when you're dealing with the one that's misusing substances. You're going to be stronger when you're talking to other family members about this as part of the uh, new, new addition to the family dynamic and the family system. It's now a family disease and you have to deal with it that way. I mean, you could say, no, we're not going to. Fine, it's still going to be there. And you still will have to deal with it. You just won't do as well. 
And the reason that you won't do as well is you don't really know yourself all that well. Oh, talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, it just sat on top of our glass coffee table and broke it. Yeah, sorry to do that. I mean, I'm doing it for myself, too. I'm no different than you all. I'm going through the same thing you guys are going through. But the fact of the matter is, our perception of what it is that's taking place and how we play a role in that and what we believe, our beliefs, are critical. So let's take a look at this. So what are some of the factors that you're thinking contribute to the way you understand things? I mean, our perceptions of ourselves, our life around us. Uh, you know, think of what influences your family. Think of what influences you. Uh, think about your values and, and, and both you know, the way you looked at things before this happened and the way you might be looking at a little bit differently. And trust me, you will be changing how you see these things because you'll have more experience, more awareness, more education of what they really are. <clears throat> so when we're looking at that type of like educational empowerment, um, you know, wh wh when you look at something, do you actually see it for what it is? On page 15, they give you two examples. They're great visuals. They've been used in psychology a lot where you're looking at a picture and it looks like a beautiful woman or you could see it as being a very old woman kind of like wrapped in a shawl. Um, and you'll see that on page 15 and I encourage you to, to, to turn to that and look at it. You'll also see something that looks like a chalice or what you really see is two people looking at each other depending on how you uh, see it. <clears throat> So with that in mind, how you see things and the way that you approach what you see is, is your perception, okay? So let's get a little bit better understanding of kind of like who we are. This is, not, this is not psychology. This is not counseling, okay? You need to go and see those people for that. I strongly encourage that you do because, you, once again, you'll be stronger at what you're doing. But are, are you optimistic and on, and on page uh, 16, there's a matrix where you'll fill this in, and you'll see it that when you get to that. <clears throat> are, are, are you pessimistic? Do you, do you tend to look at the world in a negative way? Um, do, you keep, do, you, do you keep the power of your own life? Do you believe that you have the power over your own life? Or do you feel that you're always being challenged and asked to give that power to others? Uh, do you feel that you lose control when you're dealing with things and that's upsetting for you? Yeah, who knows? I mean, only you know. That's who knows. Uh, I, I can make my life go the way I want it to go. I can change my thoughts if I, if I want to. Um, I can change my feelings if I want to. I can change my behavior if I want to. These are all yes, no, or maybe answers. Uh, I'm a victim. Okay, well, you know, so now that you've kind of like looked at those, where have you put yeses? And, and if you were to take that and drop it down into the bottom part of the page, or, the, or if you're listening, so if you said I'm optimistic, then this is who you are, myself, okay? And if you say I'm, I'm pessimistic, then that's who you are. If you say I keep my, my power to run my own life, uh, that, then that's, that's me. Okay, that's who I am. This is my personal belief assessment. I believe that I lose control. When these things happen, I lose control. 
Okay, well, that's, that's, guess what? That's who you are as you see yourself. And that's really, really important because you're going to be answering questions in this whole journey of, of life with, uh, with addiction as part of it as a chronic disease in the family. You're going to be questioning, you know, how good am I doing? What kind of person am I? At least at this point, you'll have written it down. It's in a book. You'll have a copy of it, and you can come back to it in the future. So um, how does the world kind of like see these things? You know, does the world believe you should be optimistic? Does the world believe that you should keep power? Uh, does the world believe that, um, you know, you should be able to change your thoughts, change your feelings, change your behavior? Um, does the world believe that, you know, you're a victim? Okay. And then, so if these are the things that you see yourself in, you know, where do you fit in? That's a very universal question. But when you sit there and you say, where do I fit in? Well, then you might want to go to like Stephen Covey's work on the different roles we have in our life. What roles do we play? Well, where do I fit in? Uh, I'll just take myself, for example. I'm a father of a son. Uh, I, I, I was, I'm divorced now, but I was a husband. Okay. I am um, the founder of Families Impacted by Opioids. I'm a member of a, a, a local book collector's club. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fourth degree knight of Columbus. I'm, I'm all these different things. But these are the different roles that define me. And then the question is, all right, Roy, so what do you believe? Well, that's tested. I mean, my beliefs come out when I'm experiencing something. So when we're experiencing issues involving addiction in our family, that's when we'll know more about what we believe. Yes, okay, that is. That's why I want you to keep your eyes open. Remember, this is more like hockey than it is football. If you've got the puck, you better keep your head up and know who's about to take the puck from you. You need to keep your eye on the goal because that's the final what you're trying to accomplish, okay? So with that in mind, there's a lot of things that are going on in your life when you're dealing with a family in a family dynamic that's dealing with addictions. Let's take an example, okay? And it's on page 17. We'll try and go through this uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I'm going to read you a quick story. It's Robert's story. I barely graduated from high school. I feel I was lucky to get my diploma. Most of my grades were C's and D's. I paid a lot more attention to my friends than my schoolwork, so I never really learned to study. I grew up feeling dumber than anyone else, and when I, when I got out of high school, I didn't even consider going to college or a trade school. I went to work as a helper at a construction company and later became a carpenter. I learned to be a good at my work and even became a supervisor. Several years ago, I hurt my back and I had to have surgery. My doctor told me I would f have to find another job or a way of earning a living because of my back injury. I decided to confront my old beliefs, but not being smart enough to do well in school. I enrolled in a psychology course at my community college. I enjoyed learning about human behavior and received a, and received a, um, a degree. This experience changed my life. By changing my old beliefs about my abilities, I was able to get college educated and change my career path. I now have a degree in psychology and I work as a counselor. 
Roberts changed his beliefs about school, which increased his career choices. Old beliefs. I can't do well in school. I'm not smart enough to go to college. College is too hard for me, and I'll be a carpenter for the rest of my life. New beliefs. I could get good grades. I could pass the course. By working hard, I can succeed. And I enjoy the challenge of learning new things. Okay, so everyone, now take this and apply it to your life. What are your old beliefs? Can you kind of see how this is in a really cool way, bringing us around to thinking, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm facing the fact that Jack is going to drug court. All of a sudden, all of your old beliefs kick in and it totally affects your ability to support Jack. Guess what? That's why we're doing this right now. Okay? You need to understand what your old beliefs are because more than likely, they have to change in order for you to truly be a support for not just yourself in being the best that you can be, but for what you're doing for Jack, for what you're doing for all the other siblings and, 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 and relatives and friends that are involved in your life, your family, and Jack. Okay? You see how this spans out in so many directions. This is really good stuff because you're taking a look now at your old beliefs and you're seeing how your old beliefs contribute to who you are and what you have that's available to you going forward. So with that in mind, exercise uh, number 10, actually, in this thing. I shouldn't even say that because I'm not sure how sequentially we'll be doing this. But on page 17, that's where you're going to find that. So if, if, if you believe that you are a certain type of person um, and you think that this is not going to weigh well for you in this journey and all the different challenges you're going to face, then I want you to know you can change that. You know, your old beliefs do not determine who you are today. They're just your old beliefs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if most of us, you know, would have a hard time identifying um, where we are right now in terms of our old beliefs and how new beliefs are needed and what exactly those new beliefs are. I think you'll need help in doing that. And that's why by taking this uh, you know, seminar or this episode and listening to it and then getting the book and, and going through the exercise, then going and seeking a counselor, you can specifically say to the counselor, I want to work on my beliefs. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, now we're winning. We're winning because now you're actually going to a counselor and you're not sitting there saying, like you show up at a mechanic stop, you know, oh, it rum the engine rumbles. No, you looked up what makes an engine rumble and you looked up the things and you said to the mechanic, listen, the fact of the matter is the timing's off and I need you to adjust the timing. Completely different outcome. A completely different bill, by the way. But the fact is, you know, you're not on a fishing expedition. This is your mental health, and this is your person, meaning you, and you're bringing this to a counselor, and you're saying specifically, I need to work on my old beliefs and new beliefs as it relates to some of the things I'm, I'm having to address as I go in this journey with addiction. You do that, and you're going to be light years in front of yourself. You're going to be much more stronger. So what we have here is on page 18, the fact that uh, there's a Marcus and a David, and they kind of like have different beliefs. 
Marcus isn't a very uh, confident person. Uh, the arrows of like his, his awareness of himself kind of like point inward, and, and you'll see that in the diagram. Uh, Marcus's beliefs, feelings, and thoughts about himself and his world, things always happen to them. You know a person like that? Maybe, maybe you yourself are, are a person like that. You know, things are always happening to me. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I'm just saying if you are that, then be aware that that's who you are. Although he thinks that he tries and tries. He thinks he never gets a break. He believes that things really aren't in his control. Uh, he often sees himself as a victim and that the system is kind of against him. Marcus's point of view is it leads him to make decisions or take actions to achieve his goals. That This impacts the way he approaches things. He thinks in rigid absolutes. There is no gray matter. You know, they, they are not going to let me, you know, um, participate in this. And no matter how hard I try, I'm just not going to be able to get there. Okay? I'm not going to be able to introduce myself to a treatment center so that I can help my child. There's no reason for me to call them. They won't accept my call. They'll think I'm crazy, and they'll just think that I'm trying to interfere in what they're trying to do as a treatment center with uh, my loved one while they're there. So I'm not going to do it. Well, that's because of your belief that you feel that way. Can you kind of see how it's not really working to your advantage or anybody else's that you see that way? But that, that's fine. If that's the way you are, then know that that's the way you are. Now, David is confident. And we always think like, well, David's a better person. No, David is just a different person, not a better person. So David is confident that arrows show that his point of view, he looks outward. He looks outward from his strength. He takes action to make things happen by setting goals and planning. David works to achieve things he wants in life. He knows that not everything within is within his control. He knows that not everything is in his control. And that's very true. I mean, some things are just out of your control. And knowing when it is and knowing when it isn't, you know, it's a serenity prayer. Uh, that uh, they, they use in support groups all the time. So unforeseen things do happen. However, he believes that he can overcome the problems. 3D, the 3D coping skills, determine a solution, develop a decision, design a plan of action. Right there in this material that we're offering you, you too can, can overcome problems as they come up. You just need to apply the model, answer those questions, and, and you'll come up with a solution, a decision, and a, and a plan. David feels that some of the best things in his life have happened as a result to obstacles. Well, now how could somebody say that? Well, actually, you know, Paul said it. I'm at my strongest when I'm at my weakness because when I'm at my weakest, I bring God closest. So with that in mind, we do challenge ourselves when we're faced with obstacles. So it might be fair to say from the struggle of overcoming an obstacle, we in ourselves become stronger. Does that mean that we should like <laughs> look for obstacles, like we're embracing them and welcoming them? I'm not going to ask you to do that, but I, I will say that just be aware that you know, even though you know this is just terrible what you're going through, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's permanently terrible for your life. It could actually end up strengthening you. And by the way, most often it does. Okay? So with that in mind, you know, we want to list out, you know, 
what are some of the beliefs and assumptions about Marcus and, and who has power over Marcus's life? And um, what, what are some of the, uh, you know, things, uh, beliefs and assumptions of David and who has power over David's life? Those are the questions that are asked in the next uh, uh, part of the um, instruction. So when we're, when we're looking at um, kind of a defeatist attitude, if that's the way you're set up coming up to now, um, it, you're, see how your belief affects your kind of like continence, your, uh, your constole, how, how you are, the expectations you have about yourself. Um, remember in the first episode of the Family Solution Finder Learning series is the family is a system. And we really honed in on the functionality of the individual family member. And that is what this episode is about. That's what the last episode on values is about. That's what the next three or four episodes are about. Your self-awareness. How functional are you? So we didn't just present to you that functionality is really important. Da, 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 da. No, we're complimenting it with this podcast to say, now here's what you do about your functionality. But this is only the starter, because what we're doing is we're giving you the vocabulary, the awareness. Now go get a professional on board and really like develop the type of person that you want yourself to be so that you are stronger, so that your functionality is better, and so that your ability to contribute or participate is even stronger. So that all goes back to that clinical study that this person has a greater chance of avoiding relapse if they are stronger in their, their experience of support from the family. Okay, let's look a little bit further back into that. That means that who's ever in the family supporting them has got their act together. Uh, that's a loosely fitted term, it's kind of like derogatory. I don't mean to do that to us. But the fact is, if we can then turn to this person and say, you know, here's, here's what I believe for myself. Then, then, and we have clarity, and we really believe it. We're going to say it in a tone that you ever notice how when you say something and you're not really sure that what you're saying is true, it kind of comes through in your body language and your tone and your tempo of speech, you know. And they sit there, they look at you, and they think, I don't know, the way you said that, <laughs> I'm not even sure you believe it about yourself. Well, that 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 could very well happen. And to avoid that, taking the time now will help to, uh, to get you past that. So now we have an understanding of the beliefs. You know your values, you know your beliefs. What are your goals? Oh. <laughs> Come on, Roy. What are our goals in what? I want to go fishing. You know, I want to one day be able to play hockey at age 65. Yeah, okay. But, but I'm sorry. Let me be more specific. When you are sitting there and they have just been arrested because they participated in a carjacking, but they weren't really the one that like uh, jumped the car, um, but they were sitting in the back seat, so they were a participant. What are your goals? Oh, okay, so goals meaning specific to an issue. Yeah, uh-huh, what would you like to see happen? Well, I'd like to see them... Uh-oh. Wait a second, time out. <laughs> I just said, what are your goals, not what are their goals? No, no, really. I want to see them 
you know, um, represent themselves well in, in the booking process and, and then in front of the judge so that they get the best outcome in terms of any kind of penalties or, you know, jail time that they might experience or marks on their record. Okay, but that's really their goal, okay? See what I'm doing? We get, we get so confused when we start to say, what are the, goal, what are the goals? No, what are your goals? And your goals are not how they will be. Your goals are how you will be. And once again, I'm bringing you back to you because that's the only thing that we can control is us. I be me. Okay? So with that in mind, you want to say, my goals for this situation that he's going to experience is, now I'll just throw a couple of things in there just to fill our conversation, although be it, it's a one-way dialogue until you call me, in which case I'd love to talk to you, 440-385-7605. So what, what I'm saying is that you are now developing a goal for yourself, meaning my goal is to get smart, in let's say this case, uh, about the booking process. By the way, there's 12 steps. How do I do that? Well, you go to the Family Social Minor Learning Series and you look up the legal system. It's number seven in the, in the 32. And, and you pull it down and you watch it. Fentanyl and Families in Harm's Way. It's a TV episode. It's also in the study guide the, and the three workbooks of the four learning modules for these series. So you can, so you can actually learn that there are 12, learn that there's a pretrial and who's involved in it. You can actually learn what then happens next in the legal system. You don't have to be uninformed on this, okay? You can get smarter and learn ahead of time, all right? If you have somebody who's been playing out, remember that long list of 18 different stages of the addiction journey for this person, you're, you will recall that you know, if they're in risk-taking drug addiction and they know that what they're doing is hurting themselves or that they're going to be getting in more and more trouble and they're moving towards full addiction, that at that moment, your, your, your switch should go on. You should be playing, you know, in our, in our YouTube channel, uh, the, the Solution Finder workbook video is the name of it. There's a hundred selected, individually selected YouTubes that will really educate you on all the different issues that you're likely to face. And you can play around in that. Or you can listen to these podcasts. Or you can go on our YouTube channel, which is Fentanyl on Families in Harm's Way, and view our 32 TV series, 32 episodes, that cover the 32 issues the family's likely to face. So, or you, you can buy the books and take the uh, study guide and go through each of the workbooks associated with each issue of the 32 issues in the study guide. So there's a lot of ways now for the family as a curriculum to use different types of media, one being audio, one being video, one being book, or call me. <laughs> and I'd be happy to take, guide you through some of it. So with that in mind, your goal is for what you will do in a situation. Because that's how you're going to affect them the best. So what, I, what, I, what I'm pointing you towards is page 2425. Then we're starting to look at, so we looked at 
perception, how we perceive things. We've looked at beliefs, you know, different ways that we can kind of look at ourselves and what we believe, old beliefs, new beliefs, beliefs about situations. Um, we've listed 32 different situations for you to sit there and say, in each one of them, what are my values and what do I believe and what would be my goals if this should present in our family dynamic in our lives? Wow. Talk about getting prepared. This is incredible. So now you really know where you fit. I, we didn't just sit there and say, here are 32 learning seminars. Good luck. You know, let us know how it turns out. No, no. We, we're much more thorough than that. We love you. We care about you. You are families. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're trying in life. And, and for that reason, we're here. But if you look at these 32 issues and that's all you do, then you're, you're cheating yourself and you're not doing as much as really with a minimal amount of effort, continue on and, and then ask yourself, um, as I'm looking at childhood trauma, and childhood trauma asks that you look at your family, look at the individual members. Did they have any childhood trauma in themselves? And then look at, now you can say, now let's look at our values and beliefs, okay, and, and our goals regarding childhood trauma. Well, okay, I'll, I'll present it to you right now. What's your goal regarding childhood trauma in your family, with your family members? My goal, Roy. Well, I wish it never happened. No, that's not a goal, okay? What's your goal? Oh, well then, um, let's see. Uh, well, from what you just described, it's something to do with me, not them. Correct. Then what's your goal? Well, I think it might be um, that I need to get smart about it, is what you said. Correct. So how are you going to get smart about it? Well, um, I'll, I'll look at the... Uh, Solution Finder Workbook Videos YouTube channel and see which ones pertain to childhood trauma that were professionally designed. Uh, and um, I'll, I'll pick up the study guide book and I'll look at the uh, issue number three, which is childhood trauma and in, in the family dynamic um, as it relates to substance use disorders. Okay, good. Yeah, that, that's just the beginning. Uh, trust me, we don't think that our material is the end and all. It's not. It's just the beginning. Um, what else can you do? I think I'll go see a therapist. And I'll ask them that um, I, I believe that we have childhood trauma. And um, maybe they want to do an ACES. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Because I learned about that assessment tool called an ACES while I was taking the seminar number three, childhood trauma, in the Family Social Final Learning Series. Which, by the way, if I wanted to see it in video format instead of the book, I could go to Fentanyl and Families in Harm's Way YouTube channel and watch the video on that. Yeah, that's correct. Okay? Those are things that you can do that you can make your goal as it relates to childhood trauma because you looked at the 32 different issues and you said, there's one that I think would help us in our functionality as a family. We need to kind of ferret this out because if we don't, and his sister had childhood trauma, and his brother had childhood trauma, and he's now introduced and brought into the family addiction, they have increased their likelihood statistically by, they say, about 35%. Well, they're even more vulnerable if they've had childhood trauma, unresolved, untreated, 
unidentified. Okay, who's the adult in the room? Well, right now you are, because <laughs> you've taken the time to listen to this episode. So now help them out, because the fact is, the family does have this disease in it now, and they are known to have been more vulnerable because of that, and they have now, you might be identifying, you know, with a counselor, not you. Never approach childhood trauma alone. Just freeze frame it, get a counselor on board, and then let them guide you on how to move forward. That's how that's done. We're just trying to raise your awareness that, you know, one begot the other, begot the other, begot the other. That these things are kind of like they touch each other very rapidly. And for that reason, because you now know this because of this episode, you really have the advantage of a heads up, you know. Heads up, you're about to get hit, you're the one with the puck. So, you know, move left, move right, and deke the person out so he skates right past you. So, with that in mind, what's your needs, wants, and desires? Well, is this in the right sequence? We looked at our values, we looked at our perceptions and our beliefs, and we looked at our goals, and now we're looking at needs and wants. Should we have done needs and wants before goals? Well, no, not really. Um, goals are something that's always in motion, all right? You'll change your goal as more and new information comes into your privy, and, uh, and that's a good thing. It's not a static goal. Uh, it adjusts as you adjust, as you change. So with that in mind, what's the difference between need and want and desire? Well, I want you to, in your mind, if you're listening, on page 30, if you've got the book in front of you, and I hope you do, or that you will. Um, the first one is car, okay? Do you need, want, or desire a car? Telephone, do you need, want, or desire? So you put an N, a W, or a D next to one of these. Eating out once a week, well, that's kind of a, okay, so I'm gonna answer this for you as kind of relates to my sense of awareness. Um, a car, well, I need a car. Telephone, I need a uh, telephone. So N and then N, cable TV. Eh. <laughs> I kind of think like I need it, but I really don't. I want it. So a W there. Eating out once a week. Yeah, I probably eat out more than once a week, but I would say that that's want or, or that's a desire, really. That's a D. So renting movies every week. Ah, oh, that's a desire. Um, although I do go on Netflix and Prime. Uh, there's, there's a couple of shows um, uh, that that I'm really enjoying. And we can get into that some other time. Buy, buy new clothes every month. Ah, oh, that's a desire. I don't really need to, but, you know, I don't necessarily want to, but yeah, it's good to have new clothes. Uh, visit the dentist regularly. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to give that a, a letter, but you can. That's either a need, a want, or a desire. It's actually a need, but uh, but that that's that's up to you. Um, go, to, go to the gym regularly. Oh, boy, would say that, huh? Um that's neither, uh, you know, my doctor would say I need it because I'm overweight and, and that's not good. But um, it's not something that I want. It's not, it certainly isn't something that I desire. Uh, vacation to Hawaii. Well, that's a desire. Um, although I don't know that I'm really hung up on Hawaii. I kind of feel that there's other places to go. Uh, love to do a, a cruise to Alaska. I think that that would just be great. Um, uh, contribute to a savings account every day. Um, yeah, I want to. Mm -hmm. Have a pet. Uh, yeah, maybe one day I'll bring Jolie uh, on, on the show, but um, for those that are watching this video-wise. But um, 
I've got a I've got a really uh, beautiful pet uh, named Jolie, and she's a cockapoo white, just a white buff of, of fur, um, and she loves me very much. She follows me everywhere, and all she does is look at me. Uh, sometimes it's kind of like imposing, but you know. Anyhow, regular doctor's visits. Um, yeah, you need to do that. Okay, homeowners or renters insurance. Yeah, you need that. Good paying job. Yes, you, I need that. PlayStation. I don't even know what it is. I know it exists. I wouldn't even know how to turn it on. I'm 65, and I don't feel guilty about that. Um, so, uh, you know, I won't even put it down as a desire, but you could. Uh, cell phone. I, I need a cell phone. I mean, it's not just a want. Transportation. I need transportation, companionship, and regular exercises. All right. Now, we have this list, and we've gone through it. And, um, but, but, you know, what, what, what you need, for example, transportation and what you want is a car and what you desire is, say, a Range Rover. What you need is shelter. What you want is, I don't know, 2,100 square feet would be nice in a safe neighborhood. Um, and then desire a mansion. They put, but that's not my desire. Um, so when you start to say, well, what you need, what you want is a sandwich. So what you need is food. It's blank. You would put in what you think. A sandwich. And what you desire is um, a New Jersey pizza, please. Um, what you need and then desire and then the final one, uh, want and then desire is Nike seekers. So this gets you into like, the, the regiment um, of needs, wants, and desires. But let's bring it into our level, okay? Let's use this matrix of need, want, and desires and on page 31, but don't fill in the blanks yet. And, and so um, let's say that um, you've identified that uh, Jack has all the paraphernalia, paraphernalia needed for um, using heroin. So he's got a spoon, a burnt spoon, he's got tin foil, um, or he's got a crack pipe with residue, the glass crack pipe with residue, and, and you've discovered it. What are your need, wants, and desires? You fill it in, okay? You know, and, and, and this is really important. And in this situation, you know, you've discovered it. You're, he's not in front of you at the time in this scenario. <clears throat> Step back and say, what do I need here? This will be really healthy for you to do. Well, I need, I need to find a way to respond to this in a way that I can get my arms around it. What do you want? I want to know uh, exactly what steps to take. What do you desire? I desire somebody to help me to, to figure this out. Okay? So do you see how this matrix of needs, wants, and desires on an issue really becomes a helpful tool. Tools are what we're here for. Tools are what we can give to you. We can also give you the emotional support. Go get them, Tiger. You know, and um, I'm not going to sing to you the Ohio State fight song. But I do want you to know that all of us feel that you having a, an understanding of what you need, want, and desire before you come out and tell anybody, hey, somebody help me. Because the first question is, why do you need help? What help do you need? If you can't answer that, 
you probably should have asked, you should not have asked the question. But we jump right to, I need help. Okay, help in what? What do you want? Finish the statement. I need help in this, in responding to this. Okay, what is this? Well, if you use determinate solution, you can break down what this is very easily. And that's one of your 3D coping skills. Then the want part is, so what do you want you know, to see happen? What do you want from us? What do you want in terms of an end and result? And then desire. Desire is kind of the, um, you know, what you think would be the solution, but not always is. So with that in mind, we've gone through what your needs are, what your wants are, and what your desires are. And we've pressed that going backwards in this sequence of today's episode with um, the goal. That's why we put needs, wants, and desires after the goal. You said the goal is two. And then you have to be able to say, relative to this goal, I need, I want, I desire. Okay? Now, before then, we were looking at your beliefs. What do you believe before you actually said the goal? And then, what is your perception of this situation? How do you see it? And how are you coming into this whole thing? Do you feel like you're a victim or do you feel like you're in control? Be aware of where you are personally. And then the final and really the first part question of moving backwards through this is what are your values? What are your values specific to this in terms of how do you balance how committed and and how invested are you in this with who you are? Because that's what your values state. I hope you found that this uh, episode was helpful to you. Um, we, we do believe that by going through your perception and beliefs, by going through you know kind of like a belief assessment, by listening to Roberto's story and understanding, you know, feeling like you're a victim as opposed to feeling like you're in control, and then um, you know taking a look at uh, what what you what you believe, and 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 then applying it to the 32. Uh, possible issues that you're going to face on this journey with addictions as a part of the family. See, none of this is unknown. We do. We know all of it. What we don't know is you. We have no idea how you're going to respond to this. All we can do is sit there and say, it's likely that these 32 things are going to happen to you. Now, how ready are you? How functional are you? How, how, how available are you to participate? Um, you should be asking yourself, who am I in this? And uh, what do I believe is my perception of who I am in this? And then uh, if that's the case, what are, what are my goals? As this whole journey you know, unfolds in front of me with me involved and being impacted, and in some cases severely emotionally impacted, you know, because this is, this is what the outcome will be. And then in the final result, what do I need? What do I want? What do I desire? Well, in the next episode, we're going to take a look at, um, you know, you as kind of a, a personality, an introversion, an extroversion, and personality types, and, and a little bit more about um, how, how you, uh, what's your learning style, you know? How do you learn effectively? If you know a little bit more about your personality and you know a little bit about how you learn, 
and you combine that with the previous, which was this one, my goals and my beliefs and your values, you're going to have a really, really strong self-awareness. Can you believe this? This is what we've been doing. We've been breaking down you and in a way that um, is in line with this manual, which is an excellent guide, I do strongly encourage you to go to Families Impacted by Opioids, um, open up the page for the Voice of Families of Addiction, and, and then take a look at um, this particular episode and do it with this manual in front of you because you'll see it as a free download. All of our content is free. Um, we don't want money to be an obstacle for you empowering yourself as families, which is our goal. Remember, this is family genocide. This stuff is poison now, okay? This isn't, you know, smoking marijuana back in the 70s. The whole game has changed now. It is destroying our family. It is all about attacking our family. And they, if we're to sit there and do the they, us, victim thing, but we're not really the victims. We're actually a participant in this. And our misunderstandings or lack of understanding of this is now on us because there's a lot of material out there that we can use to educate ourselves and grow and strengthen ourselves. By not doing it, we're helping the cartels to destroy us. And I don't see any reason that we should do that. It's extremely not a godly thing to do. It's extremely not an American thing to do. And it's not a loving thing to do. On the reverse, getting stronger is. Thank you very much for viewing this and listening to this episode of the, the Voice of Families and Addiction. And once again, my name is Roy Poyan. You can call me at 440-385-7605. Love to talk to you. Email me at familiesimpactedbyopioids at gmail.com. Go to our website, familiesimpactedbyopioids.com. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Stand up for yourself And I'll back you up Cause problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what Instead of would or could I think you should Draw a line in the sand and stand your ground It's for your own good <laughs>